0: Well, hey, we've been out. Me and my family, we've been out for a couple weeks on vacation, doing basketball tournaments, enjoying each other. And man, we hope that your summer has been filled with the same. Lots of memories have been made, and uh, man, we are we are feel refreshed, glad to be in church this morning. Uh, pastor Chad sends his greetings this morning. Our lead pastor, if you're not familiar, uh, we are a multi-site church, which means we have multiple locations. We have our Republic campus here, and then we also have one in Marshfield. Pastor Chad is at our Marshfield campus this morning, and um, just uh, excited about what God's doing in Marshfield, and they moved into their new building, and things are just taking off over there, and, and so Pastor Chad's there. He sends his greetings, but uh, we're going to close out our uh, July series today called Summer Playlist, looking at the topic, the subject, praise and worship. What is worship? How do we worship? Why do we worship? When do we worship? Where do we worship? And all of the All the above, one of the most essential things in the life of a believer that we can develop is a heart of worship. So today, um, you get stuck with uh, crazy Uncle Steve, all right? You you get what you get, you don't throw a fit. But I'm going to try to come at this subject from a a little bit different perspective, maybe. And hopefully this uh, finds its way into your life and sits down with where you're at. And you can take something from this and go home with it today. And apply it to your lives, because really that's what this is all about, right? It's not just sitting through another sermon. It's receiving something from God that we can take out of these walls and into our life and apply it and see transformation in, the, in, in, in our lives and in the, the lives of the people around us. It's what it's all about. So I want to encourage you today. Jot down some notes. Uh, you know, don't sit there and try to write everything down. But if you feel like something speaks to you, that would be your cue to write it down and take it home and pray over it, meditate on it. And um, that'd be good. All right, grab your Bibles or your smartphones, whatever you got. Genesis chapter 32, Old Testament. If you're uh, in your Bible app on your phone, you can probably switch over to a message translation. might be a little easier for you to follow along. That's what I'll primarily read out of here. But we're going to dig into the life of Jacob this morning a little bit. And I want to give you one principle and then a a couple points. And hope and believe in that God's going to use these things to build you up make you better how many knows church should be a build-up and not a beat-down right you should leave better than the way you came and so believing today by the help of the holy spirit you're going to get built up and encouraged all right genesis chapter 33 verse 22 are you ready today come on slap one more person a high five just say i'm ready for this let's go come on let's go all right here we go during the night jacob got up and he took his two wives His 11 children, holy cow, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He got them safely across the brook along with all his possessions. Verse 24, but Jacob, what did Jacob do? He stayed by himself behind. And a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he couldn't get the best of Jacob as they wrestled, he deliberately threw Jacob's hip out of joint. And the man said, let me go. It's daybreak. But Jacob said, I'm not letting go until you bless me. Verse 27, the man said, what's your name? And he answered, Jacob. And then the man said, your name is no longer Jacob, for now it's Israel, because you've wrestled with God and you've come through. You've wrestled with God and you've come through. And then, right then and there, the man blessed Jacob. Verse 30, Jacob named the place Peniel because he said, I saw God face to face, and I lived to tell the story. How many thinks that would have been a great story to tell? Amen. Hey, let's pray one more time, and then we'll get into this a little bit. God, thanks so much for these holy moments, uh, these sacred times where we gather around your word. Your word is life to us, and when it makes entrance into our hearts, we're never the same. And so, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would do that today that you would move upon your people, that you would breathe upon these moments and uh, make them count for eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so uh, quick question this morning, probably, you know, expecting 100% response here. Please raise your hand if you've ever had a bad day before. Come on. Hey, that's right, right? It's the human journey, isn't it? Almost like you know, the cosmos are trying to tell us not to pass go and not to collect $100. It's, it's, it, we've all experienced the phenomena before, right? It's those moments, those seasons in life where the wave is turning right, but you're carving hard left. Better catch a deep breath, right? Because you're about to get swallowed up and thrown to the bottom of the ocean. But what if that's, but what if that's the gift? in the midst of the waves? What if the bottom of the ocean is where you can find the true beauty of the ocean? What if the wilderness, what if that's where the wonder really is? Enter Zion. He's our uh, youngest nugget. Uh, End of the story. Wild would probably be one of the words that you would use to describe him, okay? But to us, it's not, you know, it's not wild in a bad way. It's it's wild in a pioneering spirit kind of way, right? It's an extreme at times, yeah. But that's where we find our greatest strengths, right? In the wild, in the extremes, in the unformidable and the uncontained wild. Just happens to be one of the characteristics of our incredibly diverse and amazing God. If you're taking notes today, we're going to look at the subject, worship in the wild. Zion, he's, he's really fun. He's f- hilarious, he's funny, he's energetic, and he's clumsy, okay? And if my math is correct, that would be the combination for goose eggs and black eyes. So we had a down day, you know, last week, a couple, couple in between basketball tournaments and whatnot. So we decide, you know, hey, let's take our eight-year-old twins down to Table Rock Lake. So we hit the road in the station wagon. We head to Kimberling City. We find a great place to swim. Now, if you know anything about Table Rock Lake, rock is an understatement. Am I right? And that understatement was about to meet our little guy face to face. We had been in the water, you know, combined total, maybe 30 seconds, when Zion, in typical fashion, goes submarine, okay? And he comes right back up, holding the side of his face One of our faithful Ozark boulders had decided and wanted to tell Zion good morning. Not a great start to our swimming extravaganza, okay? But we shook it off, man. We were on mission. We were going to have some fun in the sun until old dad swings around with his big old elbows in the middle of a wrestling match and catches none other than Zion, the rock-faced Ron, in the throat with a bow, okay? down for the count again at this point we've been at the lake maybe 30 minutes okay 30 minutes 30 minutes people okay a goose egg a black eye and an elbow to the throw average that out that's an injury every 10 minutes okay except Zion's the only one getting hurt it's a bad day Fast forward, okay, fast forward, we're done at the lake, we survived, movie night, four hours later, sitting on the couch, you know, comfort of our home, about to watch some TV to round out the day. Apparently, Zion had forgotten about the elbow to the throat and the rock to the face because in typical Zion fashion, he starts messing with dad again, right? And as I flinch, come at me, as I flinch to get Zion to stop messing, he overcompensates And just smashes the other side of his face into our metal coffee table. Two black eyes. Mom is not home for any of this, mind you. So she comes home and just finds a kid that is beat up. I have no explanation. Two black eyes, a goose egg, and a throat punch. Well, those are the wages that the wild paid Zion that day. I get it, right? It's boys being boys. but, But what happens? church? What happens when we get swallowed up by our wild? What happens when we're surrounded by the unknown and the untamed or the unplanned? What's our response when life goes right, when we thought Siri was telling us to turn left, when the report's unfavorable and the money isn't there and the boss is being a jerk again and our careers aren't working out and business isn't taking off like I thought it would and I'm just not anywhere close to where I thought I would be at by now. What do you do? What happens when you get two black eyes, a goose egg, and a throat punch in one day and wake up to find the same thing waiting for you on the sunrise tomorrow? Because unless you got the cosmos figured out, well, this is a part of our journey, isn't it? Right? And the way we respond to the wild church plays a big part in what the wild develops in us. Check this out. Let's go to the scripture. James chapter 1 verse 2. Hopefully this is all right. I know it's a little different message, but James chapter 1 verse 2. Check this out. James said this. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. Thank you, James. Now I want to elbow you in the throat, right? You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and it shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Trust God's timing. Let it, let it, what is it? It's pressure. Is pressure. Let it do its work. It wants to do a work in you, so, you come, so you're able to become mature, well-developed, and not deficient in any way. So what do you do? What do you do when the current landscape surrounding your life looks more like a Middle Eastern desert than the great American dream? When challenges and tests come at you from all sides, do we resist the wave crashing against the helm of our ship? Or do we embrace the wave believing that that wave could actually be the key to taking us deeper? It's what C.S. Lewis, the great author and poet, said. He said, I've learned. I've learned to kiss the wave that slams me into you. This is the common theme of the story of one of the sons of Abraham. His his name is Jacob. Jacob seems to spend a lot of time in the hostile terrain of the wild. Life just doesn't seem to take off in a straight line very often for your guy. But we find an important lesson through his journey and his life experiences in the wild that I think, I think they can help us when we find ourselves off the beaten path and in a tricky spot or in a barren place or in the great unknown. And that lesson, church, it's worship. It's worship. But not just worship like we did this morning as in the typical Sunday morning church worship experience sense. But worship that goes outside the walls of our Sunday morning church service and into the wild of our lives on Monday morning. I like to call it worship in the wild. It looks different, right? It feels different than what just happened here this morning. So what exactly does worship look like? When the geography and the landscape is not Sunday morning, coffee, fist bumps, and a worship team just slaying another set list, and it's Monday again. It's just Monday again, and I got a mountain in front of me, and a desert around me, and I'm still hunting for a job, and I'm still behind at work, and, uh, you know, my kids are still going crazy, and the bills are piled high, and I'm just not that fulfilled with my career. What do you do? That sounds like your journey with Jacob. Jacob can relate. He had spent roughly the last 20 years of his life working for an unfair man. His name was Laban. Are you guys following me? I'm just going to teach you a little bit today. He spent the last 20 years working for an unfair man named Laban for his stunningly beautiful younger daughter. Her name, her name was Rachel. Hey. 20 years. Get that. 20 years waiting for what he thought was the promise. 20 years holding on to hope. Originally, the deal that Jacob and Laban had brokered was, Hey, Jake, work for me for seven years, and I'll give you daddy's baby girl, Rachel. But when Jacob's seven years of servant labor had ended, and the day had arrived for Jacob to claim his prize, he wakes up. In the morning, following the marriage consummation, wipes the sleep from his eyes, expecting to roll over to a dream come true named Rachel, but rather wakes up to a nightmare. And she's got some nasty morning breath. Her name is Leah. Good morning, honey. Good morning. There was no Rachel waiting for Jacob. There there was no pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. There was no cute, messy, morning hair to make fun of. There was most definitely no newlywed giggles coming from the bedroom that morning. Just a lot of fear and confusion and pain and betrayal. And I'm sure a color wheel of other emotions and words that you can't put in the Bible. Laban, Laban had tricked Jacob. And in the middle of the night, Laban sends his less attractive older daughter Leah to be with Jacob instead. Jacob wakes up and his reality looks vastly different than what he thought it was going to look like by now. His life was nowhere close to the destination that he had planned to be at by now. Bad day. It's a bad day. Jacob has a black eye. He's taken a rock to the face, an elbow to the throat, and a mouthful of lake water. What are you going to do now, Jacob? What are you going to do now? Well, I'm going to keep on working. I'm going to keep on pressing. I'm going to keep on believing. I'm going to keep on hoping. And I'm going to keep on worshiping for another seven years. And then another seven years after that. All the while, Jacob is being faithful. The wild is doing its God-ordained work on the inside of Jacob. It's what the wilderness is all about. It's about your internal world and what's going on on the inside. It's wild in there, isn't it? Producing something. The wild is producing something within Jacob that couldn't be produced had he not spent time in the wilderness. There's something significant Pay attention when life takes you off the beaten path and you feel like you're in the great unknown, in the remote places of loneliness and disappointment or obscurity and frustration or a new season. Whatever your, your wilderness reality looks like, there's something significant God is doing in you through the things that are going on around you, even if what's going on around you seems really, really wild. Holy resolve, Right? It's all about, it's dependence upon God. It's, it's desperate passion. These characteristics and many more are waiting to be developed in us as we embrace the untamed places of our lives. All the ingredients for true worship, ready and waiting to be pulled out of us by the whitewater rapids of life. It's, it's the perfect storm where all the elements come together into one cataclysmic moment and if we see it right church if you can see your wild season right you're about to see god look at the heroes of the bible Uh, moses doesn't encounter god at orange julius down at the mall right he finds him somewhere out on the desert of sinai a long way from the comforts of home with sun beating down on his back His skin is dry, his lips are chapped, and dude is just a little bit beat up, but he finds God. Where was the great prophet, Elijah, when he heard the voice of God like a still small whisper? It was not on the couch with the A.C. set at 70. It was in the belly of an Ozarks Mountain quality cave with cave crickets and bats surrounding him. He finds the Creator. What about Jesus as he's led by the Spirit, that is the Holy Spirit, into the wilderness? It seems to me, you know, that the wilderness is uh, the wilderness with all its tests, all its challenges that come at us from all sides. It's not a curse, church, it's a blessing. Stop calling it a curse. It's not, it's a blessing. But there's no way that we're going to look at the things that are working against us and consider it a blessing unless we start to understand that God is using all these outward things that seem to be coming against us to move us into moments with him that will change us forever. It's a setup. Can I encourage you with that? If you feel like you're in a desert land, a weary place, or off the beaten path, it's a setup. You can actually use the things that are working against you and put them to work for you. It's Romans eight twenty eight. For we know, we're confident in this, that all things, everybody say all things. Come on, all things. We know that all things work together for, for the good of those who love God and for those who are called according to his purposes. If it's not good yet, it means it's not done I think one of the great keys that will help us to, uh, to lean into what God wants to do in us through our wilderness, one of the great keys, it's worship. Perspective shift, right? God focus. So two quick lessons. Can I give you two quick things? Two lessons from Jacob's journey that helped him. This helped Jacob in his wandering to, um, to encounter the wonder that, that we can find in the, well, in the wild. And I think these two lessons, they can help us experience the same thing. Number one, if you're taking notes, Jacob, he had to slow down. Dude had to slow down. Check this out. Genesis uh, 32, verse 22. During the night, Jacob got up. He took his wives, 11 children, crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He got them safely across the brook along with all his possessions. Verse 24, but Jacob stayed behind. By himself. Jacob finally pays for the woman that he loves, Rachel. He then loads up his two wives, his 11 kids, and he leaves Laban. According to the word of the Lord, God said, Jacob, I want you to go back home where you were born and I'll go with you. Jacob and his family, they ford the waters of the Jabbok. He gets everything he owns safely to the other side. But for some reason, Jacob decides, I'm just going to hang out here and set up camp for the night. By myself. Check check this out. Solomon said this in Lamentations verse two, and it fits so well here. Lamentations chapter chapter three verse twenty-eight. When life gets heavy and hard to take, go off by yourself. I hope somebody's getting a hold of this. Enter the silence and bow before God. Wait for hope. To appear don't run from trouble take it full face the worst is never the worst go off by yourself enter the silence and bow before god slow down the pace of the wild it will wear out the faith you need to make it through the wild we have to find a second to slow down and find God in the midst of it all. Jacob stayed behind by himself. One of the healthiest things that we can do, church, for ourselves and for all the people around us in seasons when life gets heavy and we're sunburnt and thirsty is to go off by ourselves, enter the silence and bow before God. It's worship in the wild. And it begins by getting alone and getting quiet it's a lost art right in our fast-paced digitally charged culture that's all about producing and doing it can be very easy in the midst of all that to forget that we are not human doings we are human beings the psalmist says it like this be still and know that god is god just be just take some time to stop doing and just be for a little bit. This is what put Jacob in position to experience a breakthrough with God that would forever change his life. He, he took some time to be quiet. He took some time. He took a knee. He pushed pause. He, he, he called for a time out quickly to find that in his pause, the one that will never leave us, the one that will never forsake us. He was waiting in the wings of silence and stillness all along the worship experience. It was just getting started. But Jacob stayed behind by himself, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. God loves to meet us in the wild of our lives if we'll stop long enough to recognize him in the midst of it. We have to slow down. Number two. Slow down. Number one, slow down. Number two, got to hold on. you got to hold on. Check this out. Genesis 32, verse 26. The man said to Jacob, let me go, it's daybreak. And Jacob said, I'm not letting go until you bless me. It's worship in the wild. Sometimes, sometimes it tends to look a little bit more like a wrestling match than a worship set. Sometimes it looks more like headlocks and arm bars rather than G chords and drum beats. Pastor Jason, if you want to come, we'll wrap this up. As the embers of Jacob's campfire, they light up the night with its glow, we find Jacob and God. The one true living God grappling on the hot sand floor of the desert. I would have paid to see that fight. You ever experienced a worship set like that? <laughs> You ever experienced something like that? Because these kind of worship sets, they usually don't happen on Sunday morning. They usually happen in the jungle of business as usual. And it's like an MMA fight between your inner world and God. You're trying to figure some stuff out, trying to wrestle your way through. Your soul is wrestling with its creator. And you know what? Like, that's okay. That's okay. The tension, the tension we feel in there, that grappling we sense, it's okay. God wants to meet you right in the middle of that tension. It's very often, church, where we find the wonder of the God that we serve. It's in the tension, but so often we run from it. Rather than lean into the wave, rather than kiss the wave, that slams us into him. If we'll slow down, you know, if we'll hold on, God, he wants to show you, he wants to show me who he is. When we find ourselves far from home and off the beaten path in uncharted waters, Jacob was in the midst of a worship experience that he would never forget. And the song, the song that was being played, it was to the tune of, hold on for dear life. Because it's really the only thing that we can do, right? In the midst of our wild lives, it's the only thing we can do is hold on. It's the only thing that's going to produce the resolve and the strength in our souls that we need to make it through our wilderness seasons, hold on tight and don't let go it's resolve. it was, it was a wrestling match, right working things out between God and his inner castle grappling with his inner world and with his creator, it's worship in the wild, I'm, I'm not let go I'll tell you bless me That is to say, I'm about to get really real with where I am and the person that I become. And I'm going to bring all of it. I'm not going to leave any part out. I'm going to bring it all before the God that knows the real me, anyways, but He still chooses to love me regardless. Here I am, God. Here's the good, you know me. Here's the bad, you know me. Here's the ugly, you know me. It's a wrestling match. The writer of Hebrews puts it like this, and I'm done. Hebrews 4, verse 16. Let us approach the throne of grace with confidence and without fear, So that we may receive mercy and grace to help in our time of need. It's a wrestling match where you're forcing your mind and your will and your emotions that may be really scattered. Taking a second to force those things to go home. To approach the throne of grace boldly. To find your refuge and your shelter. And come face to face with everything you become and everything that God is. I'm overcome, God. I need the presence of the overcomer. I I need help. And you're the helper. And the man said, your name is no longer Jacob. It's no longer Jacob, for now it's Israel. You've wrestled with God. And you've come through. You've come through it. There's There's a breakthrough in this. And I'm piecing together these thoughts myself, but there's a breakthrough in this. The winter is past, and the springtime has come. You've wrestled with God, and you've come through into a brand new day for your soul. Can I challenge you this morning, leave you with this as your pastor, one of your spiritual leaders, if you feel like you're in a wilderness, and if you're not in one right now, just hold on, because life will take you down the path eventually. Can I challenge you, if you feel like you're in a wilderness, in a barren land, in confusing times, in emotional distress, steal some moments away this week, even just for a few, to get alone, to unplug, and to do some wrestling with God of your own. Lean into the wave a little bit. You've been running from it for long enough. How's that working out? Why don't don't you try to lean into it? see if you don't find some wonder at the bottom of the ocean. Amen?